Good morning. Welcome to our service. My name is Leslie Kern and I'm the pastor here at Mount Calvary Lutheran Church situated in Mission, British Columbia. Let's become quiet in the presence of the Lord. In Psalm 68, we read the following verse. May the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Amen. As opening hymn, we're going to read from, from hymn 668. Hymn 668. The vision of a dying world is vast before our eyes. We feel the heartbeat of its need. We hear its feeble cries. Lord Jesus Christ, revive thy church in this her crucial hour. Lord Jesus Christ, awake thy church with spirit-given power. The savage hugs his god of stone and fears the scent of night. The city dweller cringes lone amid the garish light. Lord Jesus Christ, arouse thy church to see thy mute distress. Lord Jesus Christ, equip thy church with love and tenderness. Today, as understandings bounds are stretched on every hand, O clove thy word in bright new sounds, and spirit over the land. Lord Jesus Christ, empower us to preach by every means. Lord Jesus Christ, embolden us in mere and distant scenes. The warning bell of judgment tolls, above us looms the cross, around our ever-dying souls, how great, how great the loss. O Lord, constrain and move thy church, the glad news to impart, and Lord, as thou dost stir thy church, begin within my heart. Amen. Let's confess our sins and receive absolution. The proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Because we have faith in Him, we dare approach God with confidence, trusting that God will forgive our sin and cleanse us from every kind of wrong. Let us confess our sins to our Almighty God. God of compassion. In Jesus Christ you did not disdain the company of sinners, but welcomed them with love. Look upon us in mercy, we pray. Our sins are more than we can bear. Our pasts enslave us. Our misdeeds are beyond correcting. Forgive the wrongs we cannot undo. Free us from a past we cannot change. Heal what we can no longer fix. Grace our lives with your love and turn the tears of our past into the joys of new life with you. Hear the good news. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sin we might live for righteousness. Receive the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven.
Amen. Let's profess our faith with the Apostolic Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and was buried. He descended into Hades. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's read from God's Word. Our first reading today comes from Acts. Acts chapter 17 verses 16 to 31. Let's read Acts 17 from verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, What is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, He seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spend their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in a meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. 
for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that a divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Our second reading on which the sermon will be based is 1 Peter chapter 3 from verse 12 to 22. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but a pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand, with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Our gospel reading comes from John 14, verses 15 to 21. Let's read from John 14. From verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. 
for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Here ends our scripture reading for today. Let's pray. Almighty God, what a wonderful gift to hear that we are so loved by you, that you care so much about us. We thank you for what Jesus Christ did for us. We thank you for the suffering that he had to endure. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the empty grave. We thank you that he rose from the dead. We thank you that he ascended to heaven. We thank you that he is sitting at your right hand and that he is at work there for us on our behalf. Dear Lord, we ask that you will be with your church on this earth, be with every member, be with every Christian, be with every child of yours. Dear Lord, guide us, be with us through this difficult time and help us and show us your love and help us to keep on trusting in you and keep on relying on you. Give us what is needed. Because we know, dear Lord, you know what is enough for each one of us. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who died for us on the cross, the one who rose from the dead, the one who is the living Lord, and because of that we will live with him unto eternity. Amen. Now we are continuing with our sermon series on the first letter of Peter. So the other day I heard someone say the following words. I treat people the way they treat me. If they are nice to me, I am nice to them. If they are mean to me, I am mean to them. When you hear these types of statements, you feel at first that it sounds fair. It sounds like a balanced approach, because you give back what you got in the same way and amount, whether it's good or bad. But is this the way a Christian should love? And I have heard Christians make these types of statements. Should we pay back those who hurt us in equal measure? Should we swear at them when they swear at us? Should we harm them when they harm us? Or cause damage to them when they damage us? 
payback really feels good on the short term. When you can get back at someone, you often feel good about it. Some of the most well-known and popular books ever written and movies ever made were about revenge. Revenge is a popular feel-good feel. Indeed, it can feel bad not to take revenge. Often, when you let something go, you feel you should have done something. You should have taken revenge. It's certainly not pleasant to let someone get away with something that they did wrong and now you have to deal with the bad consequences. No one likes to feel that I've been trampled on by someone else and I didn't do something to get back at that person. There is suffering in that. You suffer when someone really does something to hurt you and you can do something back. Because of this, one can go through a very difficult time in your life. I know people that goes on to harbor ill feelings towards that person that did something bad to them for the rest of their lives. They start to passionately hate that person. Whenever they hear or see that person or are reminded of him or her, they remember the bad things that were done to them by that person. These memories revive the feelings of sadness and also of hate and anger towards that you get people that blame others for bad things that happen to them for the rest of their lives. Whenever something happens to them that are bad, they trace it back to that one big bad thing that someone did to them. Something like that can prevent you from attaining good things in your life. Sometimes it seems as if people never recover from that one bad thing that was done to them. They remain broken and are just not able to pick themselves up to reach for something better. But maybe if they dealt with the setback that happened due to someone else's evil intentions in a different way, it would have been different. There is an alternative to revenge and also to deep sadness due to the fact that you didn't or weren't able to hit back at someone. That alternative can be seen in the text that we read today. In 1 Peter 3 verse 17 we read, For it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And in verse 14, we read the following, But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. In verse 14, we can see that this alternative way of dealing with someone who causes you to suffer can even be a blessing. 
How can suffering ever be a blessing? How can anything good come from it when someone does something bad to you? It can be a blessing when you consciously decide not to take revenge of the fact of because of the fact that the Lord gives you the strength not to. can be a blessing to know you can overcome your weak human tendencies of either revenge or despair. It is a blessing because if you deal with it by consciously not acting out of revenge or falling into despair, you get over what happened so much quicker. You gain the ability to put a bad thing that someone did to you behind you and continue with your life in a positive way. Resentment is one of the most negative feelings that one can harbor. Feelings of resentment can stifle a whole lot of good things that can happen to you. There are a huge lot of people that live with resentment in their hearts. This has a negative impact on them throughout their whole lives. They can lose out on so much because of the fear and anxiety and hate and whatever else that are caused by resentment. If you keep on dwelling on that negative thing that someone did to you in your past, you're actually making it much worse than what it was. You give that bad thing much more traction than what it was ever supposed to have. One can only get over it and put it behind you when you have Jesus Christ in your life. Jesus provided the ultimate example of how a bad thing can actually turn out to be a blessing. His suffering had an amazing everlasting effect. No one took revenge for all the horrible things that was done to Jesus before he was crucified and while he was on the cross. Revenge would have stood in stark contrast to what Jesus really did. Although those who loved him were really sad after he was crucified, that sadness changed to joy when they realized that he overcame death and defeated the destructive effect of sin forever. From the start, suffering formed very much part of being a Christian. It started with the suffering of Christ. One can read your Bible to see how this continued. The early Christians suffered. And one can look at the history of the world thereafter and you will see that suffering isn't something that was ever foreign to Christians. 
Christianity prevails after all these centuries of suffering because Christ gave us whatever is needed to deal with it. Christians know how to suffer and how to work through suffering and how to look past the suffering towards a time when the suffering will end. Christ gave us a living hope so that we can endure anything. Suffering can also be a real blessing when you look back at the end of your earthly life and you remember the positive effect of all the instances where you endured suffering for the right reasons. We looked earlier in this sermon series at the fact that suffering can sometimes have a good effect in the sense that it purifies you. In the text we read today, this idea is also present. In verse 21, suffering for what is right is compared to baptism. With baptism we say that Christ's blood cleansed us from our sin. With baptism we say Christ washes away that which is wrong in our lives. The willingness to suffer for what is right also have a cleansing effect. When you suffer like this, you come to realize what the really important things in life are. And what the things are that's not important. You come to realize what's the goal and what's the dirt in your life. And you gain the ability to wash away the dirt. We often stress and suffer about or because of things that are of lesser importance. We often suffer because we desperately hold on to things that are not really that important. A lot of people suffer because they hold on to temporary material possessions. A lot of people suffer because they want to fit in with what they think the world expects of them. A lot of people suffer for ideals that are proclaimed to them as being of crucial importance. And then one day those people that proclaim those ideals abandon them very easily. We often suffer for things that are not even worth suffering for. What then can and should you suffer? You can suffer for what is right. You can suffer for doing what is good. You can suffer for our glorious God. These are things one can and should suffer for. Indeed, when one suffers for these things, one can advance the kingdom of God. In verse 15, we read that one need to be ready give an answer for the hope that you have. Very few things make such a strong impression as someone that endures suffering in peace and hope 
and sometimes even with a hint of joy and gratefulness. I have been encouraged in my life during times when I feel a bit down by coming into contact with people that are going through much worse than what I am going through and are dealing with it in a faithful, hopeful way. The world is going through an uncertain time now. A time that may cause people to suffer because of a whole variety of reasons. Believe me, there is always someone that is worse off than you. Let's deal with this in the way our good Lord showed us. When we feel the weight of our own crosses that we have to bear on our shoulders, let's look towards His cross. When we look at His cross, let's also look at the fact that although He died on the cross, He overcame death. Let's look at the empty grave also. And during this week when we celebrate the ascension of our Lord on Thursday, let's look at the fact that He went to heaven. He is preparing our place there. In His great love, He is working on our behalf there. One day we will join Him there and then we will suffer no more. We will be truly at peace. Whenever we suffer because of whatever, let's suffer in a different way than the world. Let's suffer like Christians. Let's suffer like people with hope. People that know what Jesus did and what wonderful future we have. Amen. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.